Christmas, my intentional mom friends. I am Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom, and you're listening to the podcast for an intentional mom to build a strong family. I'm honored that you would join me in this busy week of decorating and shopping and preparing and celebrating and for many of you, remembering those you love who cannot be with you this year. The older I get, the more I realize just how precious each memory is. And like scripture says that Mary did when she found that she was going to be the mother of the savior of the world, she treasured all these things in her heart. Likewise, I learn more and more to treasure each moment of goodness in my life, to really treasure them in my heart. Now, because I have the privilege of hearing from so many of you intentional mamas each week, I know that for many of you, this is going to be one of the most difficult Christmases you've had. Please know that I'm praying for you, and I'm so glad that the Savior we honor in this season is not just a relic on a wall or just an honorary remembrance of some moment in time when the Creator of us all came to earth to become a friend and Savior. Jesus is far more than a story or a carol or a tradition. Jesus came to redeem our life and give it meaning And then, as he returned to heaven, he told us that the Holy Spirit would remain here as a comforter and counselor and guide to live in our heart every day until we're united with Christ. So to my dear mom friends who are feeling alone or weary or both, please know that my thoughts and prayers are with you and that a very real living God desires to make a home in your heart and walk beside you through the victories and the valleys of your days, including the Christmas moments of this week. Now on today's podcast, we're joined by several of my dear friends. What I did was took my recording equipment with me to one of my homeschool co-op class days and had different moms and a few of my daughter's friends share their Christmas thoughts with all of you. I think you'll enjoy these last minute ideas for your Christmas week. I also hope you'll listen after these ideas as I have something to share with you and with your children too. So I hope you'll please, please pull your kiddos of all ages into the room with you while you listen to about the last six minutes of this podcast where we'll have a Christmas message at the end. So I've got my friend Valerie O'Brien here and she's a part of my homeschool co-op. Something I have always appreciated about Valerie is her attention to detail and her being very positive with everybody, which sometimes those two things are not a combination that one person can have. So that's impressive. And I'm thankful to know you. So Valerie, I would love it if you would share one of your traditions that you do at Christmas. Sure, I'd love to. There's one that comes to mind um, about five or six years ago. Um, we started hosting, after my mother passed away, we started hosting Christmas dinner at our house and all the family, my brothers and their families, my dad and his new wife would come over. And I always tried to um, think of something that would be special for each of the kids as I set out the place settings and I would put their little names for my nieces and nephews at the table. I started kind of thinking of um, what would be special to each one of them. They, they liked their names 
name cards. I would decorate their name cards with little you know, symbols that kind of represented them to me or something. They loved that. And then as they were getting older, um, I decided to, to kind of change that up or to make that a little more detailed. And I started a few weeks before Christmas, I would sit down and write what I kind of thought was like a Christmas love note to each one of them. And it started just with the niece, nieces and nephews. And I would try to, just a short note, maybe a, a paragraph or two about something that I'd seen in them that year or something that I admired. Um, my nephew was going through a hard time with a, an injury that he had during sports that had taken him out of football. And so I recanted about, you know, what I'd watched him go through and how much I admired him and, and just kind of a little encouragement, love note to each one of them. And so I started sticking that underneath the little name plate at the table where they were going to be sitting. And I noticed that first or second year I did it, um, each of the kids kept coming up and saying it was their favorite part of Christmas that year to get that little note. So then I started thinking, well, I'll start for the adults too. And so it's it's starting a couple years ago, I did it for everybody. And everybody has told me how much that meant, that it was something specific to them, whether it was you know just how much I loved them or, or a special story, um, that that was one of their, their favorite gifts of the year. So that's something that we started doing for our Christmas tradition. Wow. So I'm thinking this was a year, if, if I understand you right, a year that you were in transition. Um, all the, kind of makes me cry to think about this, <laughs> that all those grandkids were going to be without their grandma. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They, they'd already been coming to our house. Even my parents lived in Florida. So they always came back for Christmas and they would have Christmas at our house, but it wasn't quite as formal. It was a little bit, you know, more loose and not everybody was there every year leading up to my mom's death. But when she really got sick, she wasn't able to, to cook or anything like that. And like, so they were living in Florida and they would just come home for the holiday. So as that year that she passed away, everybody was going to be with us. I started doing that. So that's so that is such a ministry right there. That's very inspiring. Thank Thanks. you for sharing that. Hi, this is Emma. I wanted to introduce some of my friends, and uh, one of them is Emily. She's 12. She's turning 13 in January. And the other one is 11, turning 12 in August. Her name is Sophie. And so I wanted to ask you guys if you guys would like to share some of your favorite Christmas traditions with you guys. One of my favorite Christmas traditions is getting pajamas. We get a new pair every Christmas Eve and wear them on Christmas. One of my absolute favorite traditions is eating orange dishes on Christmas morning, right before we open our presents. Thanks, guys. Uh, so I really enjoy having you guys as friends because you're always kind and loving and funny <laughs> and energetic, and you guys are great friends, so thank you. So now you get to meet Emily and Sophie's mom, my good friend, April. I'm so thankful that she would share a favorite memory that she has. Yes, I'm so glad to share. Um, when I was growing up, um, we had a year where my stepdad actually lost his job. And so it made Christmas very difficult for them. Um, but I remember it as one of my favorite times because we handmade all of our gifts that year. Um, we used craft supplies that were donated to us or we'd had in the back of the closet. And we actually made little stuffed toys and pillowcases. And I just remember that being a real family time where we actually just spent time together laughing, making our crafts, and it actually turned out very wonderfully. 
Thank you so much, April. That really is inspiring to all of us moms to remember that it is not about the latest gadget and it's not about having more stuff. Those memories are much bigger and better than that. So awesome. Thank you. I'm looking forward to you all meeting my good friend, Roxy, and she was the first friend that I made at my co-op because oh she gosh. was the welcome mom. And so she would hold a little welcome meeting to tell about the co-op. And she was so sweet and wonderful that even though I hadn't met the other moms yet, I knew I wanted to be here. So <laughs> I knew so I wanted to be a part of that co-op. So. Roxanne, I would love for you to share a little bit about either a Christmas tradition that you have or your favorite Christmas memory or a tip for hosting. Even though you have a big family, how do you host other people at Christmas time? So any of those three things would be awesome. Okay, awesome. Well, I have to say that the memory that I most love is when my father, uh, we used to have the real trees and uh, this particular year, we thought that we were going to just, you know, have the one tree and everything was going to be fine. Um, we opened every gift and then he said, wait a minute, I have one more thing. And we all just went downstairs and there was another tree. There was another tree there with all kinds of other presents and things like that. And so when you're a kid, that's that is amazing. When I got older and I started knowing more about what the real meaning of Christmas was, um, probably one of the best memories that I had was um, about hospitality. And that is welcoming, just being more welcoming during that time of year, not just to your own family, which, you know, there's seven members in our family, but um, in, in addition to, I would have Christmas open houses for our neighbors. And so we would just open the house, we would make apple cider and hot chocolate and have cookies and just open up the doors and allow people to come in and be a part of our Christmas. And they would always welcome us into theirs. So that was awesome. Oh, that's so great. I can totally see that. I can envision that happening with you and what a ministry that was to maybe that was their only happy Christmas moment. Mm. Not everybody's Christmas moments are happy ones. So to be a blessing to your neighbors is awesome. Thank you, Roxy, and you're a blessing to oh, me too. You're a blessing to me. I have here my good friend Pam Swanson, and she is going to share some Christmas traditions she does with her family. Well, hi. Yes, thank you. Um, we just love Christmas, of course, and um, just the whole focus of it uh, shifting onto Jesus and his birth. And so um, I always tried to, as a mother, I have three children, and have always tried to shift the focus of most everything we do onto that. And so some of my favorite things that we did um, as the kids were growing up is we would sit as part of our couch time where we would have read-alouds. We would read uh, through the book of Luke and um, the gospel that has 24 chapters because we could read it a chapter all the way up till Christmas. So we would do that and we would always, a couple of the favorite um, things that we did was we would make a big happy birthday Jesus poster. I tried to save a lot of our art type 
activities for around the holiday time and we that way I could just get messy and the mess would be out all day and <laughs> I wouldn't have to keep taking it out but um, one of our art things we would do is we'd make a very large happy birthday poster and they really seemed to like that it would be about the size of our larger dining room table and I would unroll these big butcher papers and I would tape a few lengths together and then I would draw in the middle very large happy birthday Jesus letters and then I found very cheap um, through the years I would look at yard sales or something but there were these punch out foam Christmas shapes and I would pick out whatever shapes I could find that were more probably traditional like angels rather than maybe Grinch or something but so we would do uh, then I would get out all the paint and we would dip and they would take and they would just be so meticulous and spend so much time on this big poster and we would put that up in our hallway and every year we would make a different one they didn't ever want to put up the same one from the year before and I'm really glad because they had so much fun making it then uh, we also always chose a gift to make a gift to give um, it was important to me that they could give something themselves rather than maybe just, and it's, there's nothing wrong. There's Everybody has their own traditions um, with doing it different ways, but for me, I wanted it to be something from their hands and that they thought through. It was more of a personal gift, so we would look online or in a magazine, and then we would all buy the supplies, and they would each make gifts and that way they would always have something to give back and all of our things so um, I think over the years those ended up being even though I tell you moms it's really a lot of it is effort you know for to be able to take time to do all this especially if you have more children but looking back <laughs> and you think of all the things that you've done and haven't done I think those are some of the things that I'm more, most grateful for that I did even though in the middle of the season it was very felt very hectic so great memories doing those things along with the cookies and all the other things that we did so um, I would say those are probably some of our my favorite a little secret to my audience I'm gonna talk Pam into coming back sometime because she and her husband do a wonderful ministry that really really impacts a lot of hearts and actually the other day I was asking my daughter Abby she is 15 and she last year took a class by Pam and her husband and I asked Abby the other day what would you say give me a list of resources that have had the biggest impact in your faith in really helping you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that scripture is true, that science reinforces scripture, that you know what that you're just confident in the truth. And the first resource she said was your class, Pam. Wow. So wow. what Thanks. tell us the name of your ministry really quick and the name of the online Bible that your husband made. Well, I am just so blessed to hear that. We just love, love, love teaching uh, these teenagers. I tell you, their hearts are open. And um, so the the Lord led my husband really to do a, a work that took probably 20 or 30 years. And um, we ended up publishing it. And um, it's called The Plan. And it is a chronological Bible on ebook. And it's a little bit different than other chronological Bibles. But um, it is ordered by time, verse by verse. And it also goes out into the future. So our master plan class actually came from, sort of stemmed off of that 
published work. Um, we have if you we have a website um, planbible.com where you can see the Bible and then um, our ministry is Jeff Sonson Ministry. So the two work together. After Jeff published the Bible, um, he actually called us into ministry. We did not know we would be continuing on, but that's how the Lord leads step by step, and it's always a wonderful path um, as you choose to follow him. So um, we started with what's called the master plan class, which is just a, a grand overview of, of God's word from beginning um, out into the future and have just found that it's um, an amazing stability for people to be able to see the entirety and study sort of the entirety of the word in order. We just love that. And uh, it's a blessing. We we have been asked to teach the class, and we are happy to, to teach wherever we can. So one thing I love about that Bible is you can click on a prophecy, and it will take you to the next time it's said in Scripture and the next time, and it'll take you to if it was fulfilled already, then it'll take you through that. So it just really loops through the whole chronology of that particular prophecy each one so it's very very neat and if i remember right is it's ten dollars and you can download it like eight times or something like that is that right yes it's um the lord won't really our heart is for it to be available and just for people to use and as a, t- a study tool and um, we really want people to um, look at it as just a very valuable, like Val was saying, I'm just so blessed that she was saying that it is a value, was, has been valuable to their family, but a tool to help. A lot of times we'll read a prophecy given in scripture and then you kind of go, oh, you know, you know, that's great. And then um, another place in the Bible, you read other events. And if you, if you read your scripture, you may not realize even what's connected within scripture itself. So, uh, that was one of the things. My husband' b- background actually is programming, and so my husband did the, the 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 computer generation of all of this. But he linked over 700 declared prophecies in the Bible. So as you're reading along, and you may hear a scripture about Abraham, you know, and possessing the land. If you click on that scripture, it will follow you through to ex- exactly in scriptures that actually say when they entered the land and when they had peace in the land. So there's over 700 of those loops that are looped within Scripture from the prophecy to where it's been fulfilled. Very exciting. Thank you so much, Pam, for sharing with us today and for being in my life and in my kids' lives. I appreciate you. Well, thank you, Val. I appreciate you too. I've got my good friend, Deanna, here. We have not known each other very long. She just moved to town, but I have just loved getting to know her because I think we are just kindred spirits. Uh, We seem to make a lot of the same choices, so it's fun to know another weirdo like me, I guess. (laughs) No, Deanna is a pastor's wife, so she has had lots and lots of experience at hosting people and on loving on people no matter what. So I know she's got a lot of good insight for us today. So Deanna, what has made Christmas meaningful at your house? Well, thank you. I really appreciate you as my friend um, and moving from another place. And Val's just been so wonderful in welcoming me and and befriending me. And and, uh, I do feel like too that we are kindred spirits. And so that's a blessing. 
family time we try and make essential um, that we focus on what's really important and we do some fun things too but not forget why we are celebrating Christmas. Christmas is such a special time when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and this time of year we can get so busy with all of the things that we have to do so refocusing in several ways is so important and especially if you have little children keeping them busy with some um, meaningful things is going to be so helpful. So some of the things we've done is doing some crafts, like making ornaments. And we'll do some for our family. We'll make some that we can take to nursing homes. Um, and this year, uh, one of my my newest daughter-in-law is bringing salt dough ornaments, and we're going to paint them. So that's going to be a fun thing for them to do. Uh, that's one of our activities. And I also bought a little activity set that's uh, paintable, uh, and so we're going to have some really good craft times. I always have had a child-friendly nativity set. So the nativity set, um, one of them is a fabric. And my mom made this for me when my oldest, who's now, okay, I think he's 31. When, when he and, and his um, sister were young. Uh, and so through the years, they've used these. And now my grandkids are also using it. So it's really special to watch and they display act the whole nativity scene all over again and the birth of Jesus. On Christmas Eve, one of our fun things to do, and has been in the past, and we can do this again now that our older kids have had children, but we like to act out the Christmas story with our young ones. And this they really enjoy this too. It's such a fun time. We also like to go caroling. So we'll go caroling um, usually a night or two before Christmas Day. Uh, sometimes even the week before to either nursing home and also to our church members. And that's really meaningful to those folks as well. Some of the people in nursing home don't get a lot of attention. Some don't have any family and um, our homeschool group has made cards um, and we would take them and hand out cards to them. And you know what, that might be the only Christmas card they get as well. So some extra special attention and ministering to others. Um, have been um, some of the ways that we've made Christmas special. That's fun. Um, I also was hoping you would share a few hosting tips for us. You were a mom of a large family, so you were already busy at Christmas time just being mama, but how did you also be hostess? At times we've had up to 21, 22 in our home, so it is a challenge at times, uh, but Again, what I found is I want to make the family and our, you know, the reason why we're celebrating and being together, uh, just trying to minimize all the extra things when everybody gets gets there. I would cook the cornbread, have that at least a week or two ahead of time, cooked and in the freezer. I, you know, cook my onions and celery and I with the butter and saute that that all that done and in the freezer so that that's ready to go the day of with a cornbread dressing. Quinoa dressing, I really prefer to do that the day before Christmas or whenever we're actually going to eat our, our meal, just because it is just um, all the flavors uh, melding together and it's just, it just tastes wonderful. So my, all my family now really prefers quinoa dressing over cornbread dressing. So cranberry sauce I make homemade and I make that a week ahead of time. So that, that actually freezes well too. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your Christmas with us. Well, thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Val's daughter, Abby, and I'm going to introduce a couple of friends who will share a Christmas tradition or a memory for you. We will have Faith Hamilton and Bethany Swanson. So first, I'll introduce Faith. Hi, everybody. Probably my favorite Christmas tradition is uh, painting Christmas cookies with my family. We always make fresh Christmas cookies and then paint them when we make the paint. So that's my main memory and tradition. That's awesome. Actually, I should have mentioned that that Faith is Deanna's daughter. So Deanna is the last mom that just talked. And now you're going to hear from Pam's daughter. Pam was one of the earlier moms that I was mentioning about the plan Bible. And so this is their daughter. Hi. So probably one of my favorite Christmas memories would be one time we went to Wisconsin. So there was a ton of snow and I was able to play and dig a little tunnel in the snowbank because they lived on the end of a cul-de-sac and the snow plows pushed all the snow to the end so I was able to dig a little tunnel. That's awesome. Thanks Abby's friends. <laughs> I'm so thankful for the friends of mine who were able to share today and now I have a message that I wanted to give to you and to your kids. So I'd just love it if you would grab your kiddos and let them listen to this last six minutes of the podcast. About 250 years after the birth of Christ, another special baby was born, someone named Nicholas, who would eventually become an archbishop. St. Nicholas was born in a time when Christianity was under great persecution in the Greco-Roman world. In fact, he was imprisoned for many years because of his unwavering faith in Christ. You know, it's said that during his years of imprisonment, he would share scripture from memory with his fellow prisoners. Now, this was especially treasured at that time because the Holy Scriptures had been destroyed in that area since it was illegal to be a Christian. So, I wanted to share with you some of the stories from St. Nicholas's life. It won't take long at all, but try to listen to tell if you can hear what some of the traditions are that we have today that came from things that he did over 1700 years ago. So there was a very poor father who had three daughters and he had no dowry for them. And thus they were destined for a life on the streets for income. But as each daughter came of age, Nicholas would place a bag of gold coins in their window to cover the cost of that dowry for that girl. Now I didn't want anyone to know who was providing this, but the father did discover the mysterious redeemer of his family on the last time that St. Nicholas left those gold coins. On another occasion, St. Nicholas bravely confronted Constantine to spare the lives of some. On yet another occasion, history books record that Archbishop Nicholas ran down the street at his top speed when he heard that there were three innocent men about to be executed. He ran straight to the executioner's sword where he grabbed it and with all his might, he got the executioner to stop. But it really wasn't because he was stronger than the executioner. It was because that executioner had great respect for Nicholas. So he put down the sword and he didn't execute the men. 
Now that story actually continues on to be an amazing record of not just saving the innocent men, but it also led to the repentance of the governor who had ordered the executions. On another occasion, one Christmas, when Nicholas's city of Myra was starving, he somehow was able to get Egypt to send a boat full of grain for the people. The captain of the ship announced on his arrival that Nicholas had asked him to come, so he came. Now, I wish I could tell you more and more of the records of the life of Nicholas, most of which I got from a book called The Faith of St. Nick. But I will just share one final story. It was the story of Nicholas's last Christmas. He was 95 years old and growing weaker by the day. The people had gathered the children to sing to him because he loved children so much. They were singing a hymn about the second chapter of Philippians. When they got to the words that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, that beloved Archbishop Nicholas knelt his aged body to the ground to honor his Savior once more. Following the song, he sat down and asked the children to all come around and to one by one come and whisper in his ear their most heartfelt prayer so that he could pray with them. So my dear friends, at the Harrison House each year, you'll find my favorite Christmas decoration in a central spot in our home. It's a ceramic statue of St. Nicholas kneeling at the manger of baby Jesus. And I place an iron cross behind this scene. For you see, St. Nicholas made his life purpose about pointing people to the Savior Christ, the living God. That's my heart's desire in my days as a wife and a mom and now a grandma, that I would point those hearts that I have been entrusted to, to point them toward the Savior, our Redeemer, our Sustainer, and the King of my heart. And that is also the goal of this ministry as the Practically Speaking Mom, that I would encourage and inspire each of you dear hearts that listen to me each week to keep your focus on what really matters in life, that you would bring your family to the Savior in some way each day. And there's no better time to do that than right at Christmas time. I will leave you with the scripture passage from John 1 that St. Nicholas read to the children and their parents on his last Christmas with them. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Merry Christmas, my dear friends, from Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom, and from all the Harrison family. You can find today's show notes and transcript at practicallyspeakingmom.com. There you'll find Val's blog, books, and the six rooms of the Intentional Mom's Home. If you found this podcast to be helpful, we would be honored if you would subscribe to the podcast follow her blog, and join in the Practically Speaking Moms online community through Instagram and Facebook at Practically Speaking Mom. Val is looking forward to spending time with you again next week right here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family.